Hey, welcome back. I'm Robert Fleming. I'm one of the partners in the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, one of the other partners, and I do a weekly podcast called Elder Law Issues. And oh, wait, that's what you're listening to right now. But I'm not elderly. <laughs> you know, I so remember 40 years ago having a client walk in, sit across the conference table from me, listen to me talk for a few minutes, and then she leaned in and said, so you're the elder law attorney? You know, I haven't had anybody uh, do that in quite a few years now, Elizabeth. I have that happen sometimes. <laughs> well, enjoy it because it goes away. <laughs> I thought uh, today we could talk about community property with right of survivorship. Did you know that Arizona was a community property state, Elizabeth? I did, Robert, and I will tell you something. Community property, we've had some podcasts and newsletters about it. Community property is a really interesting can be technical kind of a topic that we see come up in discussions with people oftentimes when we talk about estate planning but sometimes when we look at things like deeds and i find that many people get anxious they come in to see us they've brought us their bank statements we're talking about their estate plan and then they get really worried and they say they cannot find their original deed and then I tell them, well, we don't need it. We can actually pull a copy of the deed. And for our purposes, what we're looking at is we're looking at a couple of things when we consider how you hold title to the property. But holding title to property as community property is really, really important. If you don't have that in your deed or when you consider how you might be holding a, a piece of real estate, whatever that could be, we need to know because that will impact how your estate uh, may be handled on your death. So I think people who are raised in non-community property states and certainly lawyers who practice in non-community property states have a very hard time focusing on what community property really means and, and what the effect is. And to those of us who were, have spent all our adult life in community property states, it seems sort of natural. The community owns the property. And yes, the husband and wife or husband and husband or wife and wife uh, have equal interests in the community, um, but uh, but it's the community that, that owns the property. It's the easiest way to explain it. And as you say, Elizabeth, it's important to know, and, and in a general way, having things in community property makes more sense. But the key difference for real estate and stock accounts and things that appreciate in value is that there's an income tax benefit to having things in community property on the death of one's spouse. The benefit is that the full value of the asset gets stepped up in basis. So in other words, nobody ever has to pay the capital gains tax on the growth in the asset between the purchase time and the death of the first spouse. Whereas if the property is held in joint tenancy or tenancy in common, um, then only the deceased spouse's half gets that stepped up basis. So, um, so there's a real income tax benefit to community property. And Robert, I think the community property piece of things, a lot of people, they kind of gloss over it. Well, you know, we live in Arizona. It, it's, we share everything. Well, Yes and no, it depends. And things like deeds, when we look at whether or not there is ownership by the community is really, really significant. 
when we think about joint tenancy and we think about transactions after one of the tenants has died, it's important to keep in mind that there may be administration with respect to what needs to happen to that interest if something is held as joint tenants. So when we think about holding a piece of property as joint tenants, if you don't have the phrase with rights of survivorship, then all of a sudden when one person dies, one title holder dies, there's a whole portion, if there are two owners, a whole 50% interest that you have to figure out how to handle that. And so I think when we consider community property and the idea of the survivorship interests, it's important to also consider the the implications and the language. So there's the administrative component, Robert, not just the tax piece, too, that's important. And that right of survivorship phrase, when I first started practicing law back just right after dirt was invented, basically, um, uh, you couldn't have community property and right of survivorship. Community property inherently meant that we were going to have to probate the estate on the death of the first spouse in order to transfer the title, even if everything was left to the surviving spouse. And so the invention of community property with right of survivorship gives you the best of both worlds. You don't have any administration. Everything goes automatically to the surviving spouse and you get that full stepped up basis. So in a, in a general way, again, community property with right of survivorship is a preferable um, title rather than joint tenancy with right of survivorship as between a married couple in Arizona and probably in the other states, the other community property states that allow right of survivorship, though we don't really know about other states' laws, and, and we need to be clear about that. We both practice in Arizona and, uh, and we're really only talking about Arizona law of necessity. So uh, community property with right of survivorship is the right way to do it. But Elizabeth, if, if you look at your house title and, uh, and it's joint tenancy with right of survivorship, have you made a horrible mistake? No, Robert. I, I would say there's time to think about that and the implications. A, a lot of what you need to be considering is if you are going to hold title to a piece of real estate as joint tenants with right of survivorship, who are the other people that or person that you're owning that with? Thinking through what that means, again, on the administration. So if I were holding a piece of real estate titled joint tenants with right of survivorship with my husband, well, that administration upon my death would look very different than if I were holding that piece of property as joint tenants with right of survivorship with somebody like my best friend, for instance, my neighbor or the person down the street. Um, I think that's the other piece of this when we consider the survivorship interest and we consider what joint tenancy means. And it's also worth noting that if you held your home as joint tenants with right of survivorship with Doug, your husband, and uh, and he died, I'm going to kill him off rather than killing you off since you're in the room and he's not. Uh, you would acquire your intro, his interest in the property automatically by the right of survivorship. But at least in theory, you don't get a full stepped up basis. Oh, but wait, on the other hand, there's no taxation on your residence growth in income, growth in, in value, up to, for you, $250,000. So he'd get a stepped up basis on his half and your half was going to avoid taxation for the first 250 And that's anyway. because we're married. And that's because uh, you're going to get the stepped up, ba- he's going to get the stepped up basis, I'm sorry, you're going to get the stepped up basis um, because 
you're not because you're married, but because it's joint tenancy instead of community property. And you get a $250,000 exemption. The couple gets a $500,000 exemption, but we've killed him off. So nobody ever used that. It's kind of a complicated calculation, but probably there's not going to be any income tax on the sale of your home anyway, is kind of where I was headed. So it probably doesn't make a terrific difference on your home. Your brokerage account, your investment real estate, or your home, if your home is appreciated by more than, let's say, $500,000, um, it all really is much more important that you do the community property with right of survivorship. So that's the, the right answer, but it's not always so right that you have to rush out and do it. Right, Robert, and, and I think the the marriage component of this that people need to know about is that is a significant thing when you are in a community property state. You will not have the same privileges if you've got a long-time relationship and you're in a community property state that you would have if you were married in a community property state. It's a pretty special special designation. It is, and, um, and and we favor it in most circumstances. We could talk, we're not going to today, but we could talk about how you and Doug and Rhonda and I could own our our combined summer cabin on Mount Lemon um, and how that tiling might work. Um, but if it's just you and Doug or just Rhonda and me, then um, then community property, property with right of survivorship is probably the right answer for most assets and especially those that can appreciate in value. And I think that's enough about community property with right of survivorship. Do you agree? Yes, Robert. I think people just need to know that this is a topic that involves not only in the legal sense what the law says in your estate plans, but you also need to look at the income tax consequences and and benefits. Absolutely. You've been listening to Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. That's the female sounding voice. And Robert Fleming, that's this voice. Two of the partners at the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. And we've been talking about elder law issues, which we like to do on a more or less weekly basis. We kind of hope that you'll be there when we do it next time. See you then. <music>